0: what does it mean when a food has a health halo and why do you need to be aware of foods that have health halos? Well, it's not because these foods are Christ-like and heavenly and going to get you a free ticket past the pearly gates. No, in fact, quite the opposite. They might be the fallen angels of the food industry. No, I'm being dramatic. What a food with a health halo means is a specific food category or product is marketed to be way healthier than it actually is. It probably has some outrageous health claims, or maybe it has some images on the packaging that lead you to believe that this food is going to do more good than it actually does. In today's episode, we are going to talk through 10 different foods to be mindful of because they are often most susceptible to having that health halo effect. I'm going to show you what to look out for specifically on the food label, and then I'm going to share better or best options for each category to make sure you're making the healthiest foods fit. It's important to be a smart food consumer, especially if you're working to improve your nutrition, your health, your weight, whatever it might be. Information truly is power. If you're new to this podcast, my name is Kate Richardson. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist licensed in Florida. And if you've listened before, you know that I'm often joined by my partner at Nutrition Awareness, and she's also the owner of Nutrition Awareness, Megan Pokacek. She is currently on maternity leave raising a little baby, but hopefully she'll be back on the podcast with me soon. But today it's a solo jam session. So both of us are qualified to talk to you guys about nutrition because we have our bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics, we've completed supervised practice, we've taken accreditation exams, we are licensed to talk about anything related to nutrition here in the state of Florida. We meet with people one-on-one, either in person or virtually, to help them reach their ultimate health goals using nutrition. So if you are interested in learning more about what a registered dietitian can do for you, please feel free to pause this podcast and check out our website. It is OrlandoDietitian.com, and I've always got that bad boy linked in the show notes. Anyway, let's get right into it because I'm probably going to have to divide this podcast up into two different parts so that you can better organize the information. I will say right off the bat, some of the tips might get a little bit repetitive because you'll find that sugar seems to be the culprit, but I made sure to include different types of foods that aren't always loaded with sugar but are still confusing uh, to the average consumer about whether they're healthy or not. But let's start with probably the most overwhelming aisle in the grocery store when it comes to health. And that is the milk aisle. Our first food with a health halo are the milk alternatives. I'm talking oat milk, almond milk, cashew milk, all the different milks. A lot of vegan or plant-based foods get overhyped. And I'm not throwing shade at plant-based eating or vegan diets. I'm all for it when it's done correctly and mindfully. But it's important to note, and I might repeat this again later because it's that important, that any meat or dairy or animal product alternative is not necessarily a nutrient equivalent. right? So it's an alternative, but it doesn't mean it's going to have the same nutrition as something with animal product. For instance, if we're talking milk, traditional cow's milk has protein, it has carbohydrates, and depending on what type you get, has fat. Soy milk is the most complete vegan equivalent. In fact, the fat, protein, and carbohydrate panel of soy milk is pretty similar to cow's milk, and the protein is almost as bioavailable, meaning better absorbed, as the cow's milk. But this is not true for almond or cashew or nut milks, nor is it true for oat milk. Here's what you need to do if you do not like cow's milk, and I'm with you, I hate drinking cow's milk, I don't do it, so I I understand. But you also don't like soy milk or you are weary of soy for whatever reason. Uh, If you're choosing to use almond, cashew, nut milk, oat milk, you need to first make sure you're choosing an unsweetened variety. For instance, the standard sweetened Oatly, which is an oat milk, has seven grams of added sugar per cup. Not to mention that oats are already just carbohydrates, so you're adding more carbohydrate to carbohydrate. It's not a very complete or equivalent milk. And the lower fat alternatives aren't going to be any better sugar-wise. They will show up as low calorie, but they're still going to have a lot of sugar added. Same goes with almond milks. You have to look for that unsweetened. And then when you're using an unsweetened milk, make sure it's part of a complete meal that also has protein and healthy fats, because that combination keeps you full. Most unsweetened milks tend to have uh, little to no nutrition. That's why they only have 20 to 40 calories per cup. Here's how you would incorporate a low-sugar or low-calorie milk into a meal. You could cook your oats or overnight oats with protein powder and then in the morning add nuts or some drizzled nut butter. You could also use an unsweetened nut milk as the base of a smoothie with 2% or full-fat yogurt added in. So it's really balanced. And speaking of yogurt, that's (laughs) Health Halo City... For real, this is going to be the second thing that we talk about because yogurts can be just as confusing. Do not let the pictures of fruit on the container of a yogurt trick you into thinking that that particular yogurt is super healthy and going to cure all of your nutrition woes. No, similar to drinkable milk, dairy-free yogurt is not always a better option. All right, let's talk about the dairy-free yogurts. First of all, I think they taste disgusting. I do not know how people enjoy, you know, unsweetened dairy-free yogurts. I have only found one that I like that doesn't have a lot of, it has no added sugar actually. It's called lava and it's made from pili nuts, which I've never even tried on its own. And it's pretty tolerable. It has no added sugar and it only has uh, two grams of protein per cup, which is not a whole lot. Uh, especially when we compare it to Greek yogurt, which we will in a second. But let's talk about the dairy-free yogurts that actually are palatable. Uh, They're loaded with sugar. That's why I can eat those ones. So just for context, the daily recommended intake of sugar, of added sugar, meaning sugar that is not occurring naturally in that food, is 21 grams of sugar per day. So if we look at one 5.3 ounce container of silk strawberry yogurt, and I believe that one is made from almonds, so it's like an almond milk yogurt. It has 12 grams of added sugar. That's over half of your daily intake. And then it only has five grams of protein. That's not a whole lot for a snack. The So Delicious coconut yogurt, which I think is even grosser, has 15 grams of added sugar and zero protein for 130 calories, and then the Chobani oat yogurt, which is new, they have oat yogurt now, has 11 grams of added sugar, but at least it has six grams of protein? I mean, really, that's nothing to write home about. Overall, most dairy-free yogurts are gonna be higher in sugar and fat, and they lack the protein, versus if we look at traditional Greek yogurt for anybody that does consume animal products. You wanna first check for added sugars because there are still a ton of varieties where they pour in the sugar. Chobani, for instance, is one that you have to really navigate because they have so many different types of Greek yogurts, all under different labels, but under that Chobani umbrella. So, if we look at the Chobani non fat strawberry Greek yogurt, I believe this is their fruit at the bottom variety, it has 15 grams of total sugar, which is different than 15 grams of added sugar. All dairy products are going to have naturally occurring sugar from the lactose. Lactose is sugar. So we can assume that one cup of yogurt probably has about seven to eight grams of naturally occurring sugar. So this fruit at the bottom variety probably has about seven to eight grams of added sugar. Still not stellar, especially when it only has 11 grams of protein and 110 calories. You essentially don't get a lot of bang for your buck. Now, if we look at Chobani's less sugar yogurt, it only has five grams of added sugar. It has 12 grams of protein and about the same calories clocking in at 120. But my favorite Chobani variety, if you're not doing an unsweetened plain version, is the Chobani Complete. It's awesome. It tastes really good. It has zero grams of added sugar, 15 whopping grams of protein, which is excellent, and only 120 calories per that five 0.3 ounce cup, and the reason why this really gets reward in my book is the fact that it has some additional fiber and live active cultures or probiotics added. It's a top choice for me. Now, if we're going to talk about plain yogurts, traditional yogurt, the stuff we ate back in the early 2000s and the 90s they are usually mini sugar bombs if i'm being honest uh think yoplait i always think of those french yoplait in the little glass jars i cannot pronounce anything in french i think it's oi it's o u i those things are marketed to be so pretty and dainty and healthy and they really appeal to a certain type of consumer but geez louise guys in that tiny little jar there's 15 grams of added sugar, at least in that key lime flavor. It, oh, I'm sorry, it's 15 grams of total sugar. It doesn't show me the difference in added sugar, but again, we can assume that it's about 7 to 10 grams of added sugar because there's probably about 7 to 8 grams of natural sugar. And I can see on the ingredients list that the second ingredient listed is cane sugar, and that comes before the fruit. And then there's even fruit juice added for color. So it's a lot of added sugar. You don't need it. Honestly, I tell people with regular yogurt that you might as well just eat a small cup of ice cream. It'll probably be more enjoyable anyway, and the sugar is not gonna be that much different. But here's what to look for when you are navigating that yogurt aisle. First, you wanna check the total amount of sugar. If you have something near you right now with a food label, go ahead and grab it and look at it for me. Not if you're driving, if you're just at home. You'll see that under that total carbohydrate panel, are a few little sub panels. There's fiber, there's total sugar, and now there's something called added sugar. Like the Chobani fruit at the bottom, it's not always gonna show you the added sugar. So if you can only see the total sugar, you wanna keep that at about 10 grams, no more than 10 grams of total sugar. Remember, lactose is natural, so most of your unsweetened standard cups are not gonna have more than 10 grams of added sugar. I'm sorry total sugar and then you check the added sugar I like to keep this as close to zero as possible but no more than five grams remember this is yogurt it's not something that most people want to splurge or spend their sugar on it just doesn't do anything for you especially when there are so many different alternatives another thing to make sure with yogurt is that you're not buying fat free fat makes food taste good when you extract the fat you have to add things back in to make it palatable. Otherwise consumers aren't gonna buy it and these companies aren't gonna make money. So do not buy fat-free and if you are buying a non-fat variety, make sure you do a double check on that ingredients list and be mindful about what's in it. The simpler the list, the better, and you wanna be careful of a bunch of artificial or added sweeteners like sucralose. Now here's the bonus. When you're looking at yogurts, I love for my clients to get a yogurt that has a protein content over than about 12 grams. If you're choosing a non-dairy yogurt, this is pretty hard. You're gonna to want to pair your yogurt with an additional protein from let's say nuts or seeds, nut butter, or sprouted on or spread on sprouted grain toast. I would recommend, in a perfect situation, if you can tolerate dairy yogurt, buying a 2% or full-fat unsweetened yogurt, and then adding your own sweetness from foods that have a lot of good nutrition and fiber. I'm talking berries and fruit. And you can even sweeten it with cinnamon. And you're not gonna get a bunch of added sugars. And it tastes so good, just stir it in there. The best brands are Ziggy's. I really like their no sugar added because they add sweetness from pureed banana. And I believe they have one with rhubarb, it's really good. Uh, There also is the plain faye 2% or whole that has so much protein in it. I think it's like 20 grams for the faye 2% per cup and it's so creamy and delicious. I love it. I just add a crushed up rice cake on top for some crunch or some sliced almonds, seeds, nuts, and then of course a little bit of fruit for that sweetness and it's like a really, really healthy parfait. The Chobani Complete, again, a top choice for me, and even that Chobani less sugar. If you've ever attempted to improve your diet, we don't have to tell you that changing your eating habits is hard. Working with hundreds of clients one-on-one, the root problem is typically one of two things. First, you don't have a clear plan or direction to help you stick to your eating goals. Or two, you have no one holding you accountable to these goals for the long haul. Your solution to both of these issues is DAP, which stands for Daily Accountability Program. DAP is a 30-day virtual coaching program where one of our registered dietitians at Nutrition Awareness not only helps you craft a personalized blueprint to reaching your goals, but holds you accountable to that plan every single day. During each 30-day cycle of DAP, we teach you how to plan and stick to your healthy lifestyle and or weight loss goals through personalized nutrition and daily accountability via video, audio, and text message. Nothing is automated. You're talking to a real life dietitian who understands you, your lifestyle, struggles, and goals. If you're curious about DAP, we invite you to view our application, which provides more information as well as some of the testimonials from previous clients who have found tremendous success on DAP. The application can be found on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. Just scroll to the bottom and you'll see our application form. Again, that's orlandodietitian.com, dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. The third health halo food I want to talk about on today's episode is granola. Yes, granola. Nine times out of 10, granola is loaded with sugar. And I'm going to be honest, when I was putting my notes together for this podcast, I was really rooting for granola. I was like, maybe I'll find an angle. But granola appears to be the ultimate health halo because... Well, first of all, the brands usually associate their name or their marketing with nature. Nature's variety, bear naked with like a big grizzly bear on the cover or ancient grains. I mean, all of those words just trigger really nice, serene images in my head that I just associate with well-being. Even the marketing terminology on granolas seems to be overhyped. They'll say it's grain-free, gluten-free, or loaded with super grains like quinoa or, you know, whatever. And then they add in chia and hemp. But I'll be honest, you still look at the back of the package with the food label, and they are all high in sugar. Which makes sense. I mean, can you imagine just eating clusters of chia seeds and quinoa and oats and being like, Mmm, this tastes so good. Like, no, that would not taste good. It would taste like nothing. But when they add things like honey or coconut sugar or organic cane sugar, chocolate, agave, brown rice syrup, all of a sudden it tastes damn good. They're little clusters of sugar deliciousness. (laughs) And if you are asking, well, what about my granola with dried fruit? Well, I'm going to talk about this in detail, but dried fruits are usually coated with sugar. And then there's still usually honey and sugar added in the process. I mean, if you look at the ingredients list of most granolas, not only is there going to be sugar added to the fruits, but they're going to have at least one or two and sometimes three or four different types of added sugar, whether it's coming from a natural source like honey or agave, or if it's coming from coconut sugar, chocolate, you name it. It's it's a lot. Also, please don't be fooled by granolas that have probiotics added, or if they say protein really large on the front, I mean, why does granola need extra protein, honestly, first of all, like not everything needs to be pumped full of protein, (laughs) Uh, but it's still going to be loaded with sugar. Now, I will say I did find that Kind brand of like, I think it was the peanut butter clusters did have lower sugar options. Uh, Their peanut butter cluster protein only had four grams of added sugar and it did have 10 grams of protein per serving size, which was about two thirds a cup. But here's the kick, it also had 260 calories for just a two thirds cup serving. Now this is great news if you're trying to gain weight. If you struggle with gaining weight, then this is awesome because it does give you a lot of protein, it does have some really high quality ingredients and a two-thirds of cup isn't going to fill a lot of volume in your stomach and it's still going to give you 260 calories. But the opposite is true if you are trying to watch your calories, if you're trying to lose weight, this is something that you're going to want to monitor and you might want to cut the portion in half depending on what you're using it for. I did notice that some of Kine's other varieties had over two times as much sugar for similar calories and portion size. I once bought this granola brand called Purely Elizabeth and I kid you not, I went through that bag in three or four days. It was sinfully tasty, which made a lot of sense because it only had a mere one-third cup serving size that packed five grams of sugar per like three bites. I'm sorry, have you ever looked at a one-third cup? It's nothing, especially with granola. So that same portion as the kind protein would have 10 grams of total sugar. And then I was laughing because the Purely Elizabeth brand on the back of the label was like, you can put this on ice cream, you can top it on your desserts. And I'm like, what? Like, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my dietitian hat on here, you can do whatever you want. But I recommend not topping your sugary dessert with more crunchy sugar on the average day like if it's an average Tuesday and you want dessert at home I would not do this unless again you are trying to gain weight in which case there are way healthier ways to try to gain weight now like I said I really wanted to find I I was granola's biggest fan like I was cheering granola on I don't want to demonize it but here is thing with granola to remember you have to be mindful of your serving Most granolas were anywhere between one fourth and two thirds a cup per serving, which is not a whole lot. And if you're somebody who has trouble with just like reaching for a handful of this or popping a handful of that in your mouth in between meals, granola could be self-sabotage because it adds up really quickly. I mean, if you're just doing a handful of granola here and there two or three times per day, and you're also trying to be mindful of your overall caloric intake or your sugar intake, this could really knock you off whichever granola that you use just be mindful of that serving. Now, here's one thing I've heard a lot of people do and I've done it myself is using granola as a cereal alternative. And they think it's healthier and in some cases, yeah, that granola is going to have more nutrition because there are nuts and seeds and fruit added. But granola is extremely concentrated. If you stick your hand in a bag of granola, you'll see that it's little clusters of concentrated ingredients. So a little bit is going to be okay, I guess. I mean, equivalent to a cereal serving size if you're comparing it to, I don't know, let's say raisin bran. But if you want the same volume of food you would get from a traditional cereal, the calories and sugar might end up surpassing if you're going to use the same volume. So if you have a bowl of granola and a bowl of Lucky Charms next to each other, by no means am I saying Lucky Charms are healthier, but to get the same appearance where you're looking at it and the bowl of granola is as full as the bowl of Lucky Charms, you're probably going to end up eating more calories from that granola. Womp womp. Here's what you should do. You are better off using a low sugar cereal like Kashi Goline Crunch and adding whole fruit and nuts into the bowl, especially if you struggle with portion control because you can have a pretty good portion of this low sugar cereal and then you can really bump up the volume and the nutrition with your own unsweetened add-ins. You're gonna feel way fuller for longer anyway. The best granola I have found is the Ezekiel. Guys, it tastes like nothing. Remember when I said if you just ate clusters of quinoa and oats? Yeah, this is what it tastes like. It tastes like nothing. But guys, it has a ton of protein per serving. It's a great source of fiber and there are no added sugars and you can have about three fourths a cup. I sweeten it with cinnamon or I top it on top of yogurts with fruit for a crunch. You can also, if you know, you taste that and you're like, this is disgusting and it's also Kind of expensive to be honest Uh, you can also crush a chocolate rice cake on top of whatever you are needing something to have a crunch Uh, for instance if you're making a smoothie bowl and you just want something crunchy on top crunching up a rice cake or if you have cooked oats that you want to add texture to yogurt or if you just want something as a quick little snack rice cakes aren't the end of the world i just use them as toppings Um, There's also the alternative of buying puffed rice as a cereal. There's no added sugar in puffed rice. Tastes like nothing. But if you sweeten your milk with cinnamon and you add a couple tablespoons of nuts and you guessed it, add fruit in there, boom, baby, it's a better cereal or granola alternative. The next health halo I want to talk about is Himalayan pink sea salt. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet, guys. Himalayan pink sea salt is only marginally better than traditional salt. Pink salt contains maybe some more calcium, potassium, magnesium, and iron, but it's so slight it's hardly even worth mentioning. The sodium content between pink Himalayan sea salt and your traditional Table salt or sea salt is nearly the exact same. So if you are watching your salt because you want to lower your blood pressure, or you have a heart condition, your pink Himalayan's not going to be a better option. If you're using salt sparingly in your regular day-to-day eating, I'll say that the pink salt does look way cuter in your spice cabinet and will give you some slight boosts in micronutrients. So knock yourself out. The way I compare a lot of these things is if you got an A on a test, pink simile sea salt would be like getting an A plus, right? It's not that much better. You're still happy with an A. You just get a little extra nutrition. So knock yourself out, go crazy. All right, guys, we are going to pick up on this episode and finish the list of the top 10 foods you need to be on the lookout for when it comes to health halo effect on part two of this episode make sure that you are subscribed or following the Nutrition Awareness Podcast on whichever platforms you prefer to listen to. That way you get a notification and you won't miss part two of this episode when it is released next week. If you found this episode interesting or insightful and you learned something, please consider sharing it with a friend. It really helps us grow when you send this directly to somebody that you know who could find it interesting or helpful, but especially when you screenshot you listening to the podcast and tagging us on social media. It's so fun for us to see you guys watching and listening to the podcast when you tag us on Instagram in your story at nutrition.awareness. We love to see it, and it really helps us grow and spread reliable nutrition advice. Spread it like glitter. (laughs) All right, guys, I appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. Part two will be out next week, and I will catch you then.